Spirit of the living God, Lord, there's no greater desire that I have than to answer that great chief end that I've been created, which is to glorify you. The author and finisher of my faith, my creator, my Lord and master. Lord, I pray, Lord, now as I prepare to delve into your word, Lord, that you will remove all of my impurities, all things that I am not for. I pray it not be a hindrance to all that you are. I pray, Lord, that even now, Lord, that your spirit will begin to move in me and on me, but not just on me, but these your people, Lord. That you will prepare their hearts, Lord, stir this up, Lord, because it's not about anything that I can say, anything that, that we can do as a church body, any music that we can play, but it's all about you, Lord. Yes. So, Lord, we pray, Lord, right now, Lord, that you'll just move in this place in a mighty way, Lord. We have come here expecting to hear from you, Lord, Father God. So I pray, Lord, Father God, that you will make your presence known here in a mighty and real way. Yes. Because we need you, Lord. Yes. We need you in every aspect of our life, Lord, Father God. Amen. Lord, without you, Lord, we can't even take our next breath, Lord. Yes. So we need you, Lord. We come expecting from you. Thank you, Lord, for your work in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Church of Chicago family, we've been walking through the book of Mark. So we are verse by verse delving through Mark, and we're still in chapter one. So thus far, we've seen Jesus come onto the scene. We've seen him prepare his ministry through water baptism. We see him continue in preparation and go out into the wilderness and fast and be tempted by, by the enemy and overcome that. We see him go forth and select, announce his ministry to the world. And then he said that last week we went over he selected his initial leadership team. So today he comes to church. <laughs> So we've all been there in our lives. Uh, some of us may still be there even now, where we have been trapped in a lifestyle that we know we should not be in. We've been living in a way that is not where we want to be. And we've tried so many different ways to get away from that lifestyle. So, so we've tried some self-help books. We've tried uh, some, some different, uh, we turned on Oprah and we followed what Oprah had to say about it. We've tried so many different things and then sometimes we even come in and we end up in the church. But the church that we end up in is, isn't quite right. Because there isn't any power in the church. They give you a couple sayings, name it and claim it, you know, uh, sow a seed or something like that. But you walk out of that building the same way that you came in because there's no power. And so the church that we thought that Jesus comes to is not unlike that church. So if you would turn with me to the book of Mark. Chapter 1. We're going to begin our reading at verse 21. Say amen if you have it. Amen. And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, 
he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out. And the unclean spirit convulsed him, and crying out with a loud voice came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, What is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him? And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. And the word of the Lord is already blessed. And we be edified, and it will be glorified. So Jesus makes his entrance into the church. And if you could just picture with me, he comes in with this crew of four every, average, everyday, working-class men. And he, himself, is a working-class man. And he steps into this church, and he ascends the podium, and he comes with a message. Now, Mark doesn't tell us what the message is. It's not that important to Mark. The important part of it is that it came with so you say, hold on a second, there's a synagogue that said, well, what's the difference between the, the preaching of the scribes and what Jesus has just presented? I'm glad you asked that question. You see, the scribes, they were not teaching the people with any authority. They would get behind the podium and they would say, they would unroll the scrolls and they would read the book of the law and then it was time for them to break down the book of the law to the people. But instead of them breaking it down, they would say, well, uh, this rabbi says this about the subject. But, but then again, there's this rabbi over here that says this about the subject. And then, oh, by the way, there's this other rabbi that says this about the subject. And, and that, that's, that's what I have for you. So you walk looking for a solution, looking for an answer to a question. And they just put more questions on the table. So that would not be unlike me today if I were to stand before you and say, instead of coming from the word of God, that I just said, well, uh, I know that Pastor Spencer would say this about this. Uh, but then again, I know that uh, Dr. Tony Evans would say this about the subject. But then again, uh, Dr. D.A. Carson would say this about the subject. So uh, you decide. So, in essence, in shorthand, they're saying, I have no authority. I'm not the person in charge. I don't know much about this subject, so I have to show some deference to some people who are greater than I am. But Jesus comes, and he, in the, in the Word says that he came as one who had authority. So, what that means to us, is that he didn't come citing anybody else. You, you see, because in the church in the past, we had the, the prophets of old, and they pointed their authority back to God. So everything that they said was, was 
preference by saying, thus saith the Lord. I don't have my own authority, but I'm putting back to God and He's giving me this position. And so that is the authority. So thus saith the Lord. And now that's why you have to listen. That's my authority. But then the scribes are sitting saying, well, it's not my authority. It's this rabbi, and it's this rabbi, and it's this rabbi. But then Jesus says, I'm not citing anyone. The word that I have is rooted in me. I don't have to give it. I don't have to, to, to fill out my, my bibliography. It's just going to be one page because the only person I'm citing is myself. Because what other authority can I submit to? He is the Christ. So he teaches them as one with authority. And the, and the text says, and they were amazed. And when I, when I did the word study on that Greek word amazed, one of the definitions was to be struck out of your senses. <laughs> to be struck out of your senses. So could you imagine sitting in this congregation and, and Sabbath after Sabbath after Sabbath after Sabbath, you come into the church expecting something, meaning something, and not getting it because these folks don't have any power. But now you've shown up and somebody's come with some power. So they were blown in the mind, as we would say today. That they couldn't wrap their mind around it. So immediately they're looking at one another. What is this? What is this? I, 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 I thought that this was possible, but I had grown weary because Sabbath after Sabbath we haven't seen this, but what is this power? And just as there, that's that awe is setting in, there's a demonic interruption. Because we all know that one of the great tricks of the enemy is false religion. So he inhabits, he's in those places. All those false religions that he, he is there, he's present, and he's enjoying the service. He's enjoying the people who are naming it and claiming it. He's enjoying the people who, who, are, who, who are just out there believing something, thinking that it is the gospel when it's anything but. And so the, the enemy had already inhabited this religious system. It was so corrupt that the enemy was having a good time in the synagogue. So he had been there too, probably. Sabbath after Sabbath after Sabbath, having a good time because all these people aren't getting any help. They're walking out the same way that they came in, in despair, with, with that heavy load, that burden of the law, that burden of sin, that burden of walking out into a lost world with all its trappings and going to get involved in those trappings coming into the church saying, I wish that I could get rid of this. I wish I didn't have to carry this load. But I come here looking for the answer and the scribes have none for me. But this man has power. So the demonic interruption comes in and as it says in here in the text that then a man was immediately among them that, that, that was with an unclean spirit. And he cried out. Because, let's get be clear here, the people are amazed by this power. But the demon is terrified. He's absolutely 
they don't know who he is. The demon is clear who he is. There's not a doubt in his mind who this man is with power to stand before them. So the demon cries out, Leave me alone! What do you have to do with me? I know who you are. Get out of my face! I can't take this power. I, I was running this show for quite a while until you showed up. Well, what did you do with me? And then it's, it's, it's important to note that he doesn't say, what do you do with me? He says, what do you do with us? Because he's, he's speaking of the, the demonic order. What do you have to do with us? We've been running this this, this show with us together. We've been running this for a while. And now you come with some power and to, and to rule over this and to, and to change the way things have gone, to upset the evil equilibrium. What have you to do with us, Jesus? The Holy One of God. And so the text tells us that Jesus turns his attention to this divine man. And he speaks directly to him and says, Shut up. That's, that's, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Stop all that talking and get out. Hmm. This is no longer your house. Get out. And so this, this is also amazes the people because they just now heard the word with power. They just heard something that they still can't wrap their mind around. Now they're over here and they're seeing something that they can't wrap their mind around. So we saw the power, or we heard the power, and we felt it in what he was saying. Now it's evident in what he just did. So he's making it very clear that my power isn't just in words. I'm not just talking the talk, but I'm walking the walk. I am the second person in the Trinity. I am God and heart, and I come here to set up my kingdom on the earth. You've been waiting for me, and here I am. So to demonstrate his power on the earth, he came with authority. He came with power. He didn't have to look back to anybody else as the source of his power. He, he didn't have to, uh, oh, well, it, it could be this way, uh, it could be that way. No, he, he came with the gospel. He came with the only thing that he could come with, which was himself. I'm speaking out of the greatness of who I am. Because see, here in our society, we have a different understanding of power. And in our society today, we derive our power by the title that we hold, the money that we have, the people that we know. All of these things are people. <laughs> They're going to pass away. That power is going to go away. I remember being so awestruck by, by, by uh, Michael Jordan when he was playing in his heyday. Just how awesome of an athlete he was. How he literally looked like he defied the laws of gravity. But eventually, his power waned. You couldn't get Michael Jordan on the court today to do what he did back in the 80s and 90s. 
way. It went down like all of our battles will. <coughs> Pastor Spencer is a great trumpet player, but his skills are going to go down eventually. But when I say that, I say well, we, we get awestruck by some of these things that we see because it's so far out of what we, we can do in and of ourselves. But being awestruck by something doesn't change your life. When I saw Michael Jordan ascend in the air and dunk that ball and look like he touched the heavens and came back down, he didn't do anything for my life. It was just an entertainment value. It was awesome to look at, but it didn't make me go out and dribble the ball. It didn't make me go out and start working out. It just, oh, that was good. That was awesome. But we have to look here. These people are in that same boat. They've been awestruck. But that amazement isn't enough to change their lives. No. So you can come into contact with the awesome power of our God and be amazed, shocked, and awed by it. And then walk out the door the same way you came. Nothing changed because you had to connect it to that power. So these people, if they don't connect to the power, just like some of us that come in and you're around the power, because this is a Bible-believing church, church in Chicago. This is a Bible-teaching church, church in Chicago. We are a gospel-centered church, church in Chicago. So you're coming in contact Sunday after Sunday with the awesome power of our God. But if you don't plug in, your faith is just the same as the your faith is the same as the money. He cast that demon out, and he's going into to hell, and that's where we go if we never plug in to the power. We can sit back and be spectators all day. We can flip the TV on and watch all the awesome workings of Christ. And it not change our life one night because we choose not to plug in to this awesome power. For God's power, Jesus' power is the power of God unto salvation. That's, that's a, a whole, this is the game changer here. That they've been sitting at as we, we studied, coming out of that 400 years of silence where God didn't say anything, he didn't do anything, and now that they've been waiting for this promised Messiah, and some of them are getting a little, oh, well, I guess he might not be coming. We, we have to figure this thing out on our own. I'm not unlike some of us today. It's been a few a couple thousand years since, since uh, he's been on the planet. And he said he's coming back, but I don't know. So maybe I just need to figure this out on my own. No, no. There is no figuring it out on your own. C.S. Lewis says it this way. He says, no man knows how bad he is until he has tried very hard to be <laughs> Do you see that picture? You can try it on your own. And, and most of us, before we come to Christ, if your story is anything like mine, we tried it on our own. We 
tried this way and we tried that way and we tried all this and all of it came up short. So you say, well, for so what? So he came, he had power, so what? what does that mean to me? Well, I'm glad you asked. Jesus' power is the source, the foundation of everything that we are. Whether you're a Christian or not. Because he is the sovereign ruler and creator. So whether you are a Christian or not, he is the foundation of the life that we live. So to us who are the disciples of Christ, it is incumbent upon us that we study who we say we believe. I was completely shocked when I read the statistic that said 80% of regular church goers do not read their Bibles. At all. 80%. And then that 20% isn't that good either because they said out of that 20%, uh, a large majority of the 20% is, are only opening their Bible one time every two weeks. So how can we say that we're following someone that has all this power and, and we're not plugging in because we refuse to study his word? This 66 book love letter to us and we refuse to read it. So as followers of God, it's incumbent upon us to turn to the scriptures, to learn for ourselves about this God. That we would be like the Bereans were. That we don't just come here and hear the word from Pastor Spencer and go, well, Pastor Spencer said it, so that's, that's the word. No, let's go and check behind the road. Let's right. make sure that whatever he's saying lines up with the word of God. And then we're all grown and strengthened in that. Because Pastor Spencer is not the gospel. He is not the Christ. As Pastor Spencer so uh, eloquently said when we did our baby dedication, he did not So we must we must learn the fullness of who Christ is, and learn that we cannot just talk the talk because a lot of us have a lot of religious sayings. You know, we've got one or two scriptures that we've uh, committed to memory that we'll throw out and try to apply to anything. <laughs> but we have to learn that it's not just in our talk. It's in our talk. And the only way that we can walk according to the scripture is that we plug into the power source, which is the word of God. It's the awesome power of God. Now, there may be someone here that is not a follower of Christ. And you might be sitting back right now and saying, wow, that's awesome. Oh, that's amazing. Awesome power of God. Wow, that's amazing. But you're not connected to it. You just, you're watching it like I was watching Michael Jordan. Wow, that's amazing. And not doing anything about it. But you're feeling the pressure of being pressed under other authorities in your life. 
Because, because if you're not with God, don't think that you're not serving somebody. Because we're all serving somebody. So if you're not serving our Lord and Master, our gracious leader, the awesome God of the universe, if you're not serving Him, then there's only one other choice. It may come in some different flavors, but it's still the same choice. You're serving the kingdom of Christ. And so you may be pressed under this sin, because the Bible says the only thing that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. So you might be caught up in that and pressed into that mold of following after sin, and you're, look, you're looking for an answer. And you're following after all these other things that profess to be the answer that's powerless. I'm here to tell you that the power is in Jesus. His name is Jesus. Somebody call on So you need not walk through this life carrying this heavy burden any longer. His name is Jesus, and his power has not waned and will not wane. The same power that he had in the first century is the same power that he has in the 21st century, is the same power that he's going to have when he cracks the sky and comes take us all home. So, I beg and I plead with you today, if you've heard the call, the voice of our sovereign God and Savior calling to you, come unto me. I might give you rest. Come unto me and plug into this eternal power source. I pray that you pardon my children. Yeah.